Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Philosophy of Fitness podcast, episode number 56. My name is Haley. I'm going to be your host today, and every single day that you guys are tuning in, welcome. It is currently Sunday uh, afternoon where I'm at, and we are supposedly being hit with Hurricane Henri now, or Henry, however you're supposed to say that. Uh, luckily, it's been pretty tame, and it's actually kind of breezed over where I am here in New York. So my studio is down in the basement, so I was really anxious that I was going to have to, um, you know, really take everything out. And I did wind up lifting everything up, but um, it looks like we're going to be in the clear. So I said, you know what? Let me just film a podcast today. Let me get to it. Um, I have a few things that I want to talk about. So welcome, guys. 56, episode number 56. So crazy. We are barreling towards 60 episodes. So um, today I kind of wanted to just sit down real casual. I'm going to answer a few questions that you guys had asked me over on Instagram. Sometimes I'll do some Q&As over there to get a chance to kind of see what you guys are curious about. And I love to hear from you guys as well. So we're going to be diving into that. And I'm also going to just talk about my fitness journey in general, just because that's something a lot of people have asked me about before is what's kind of gotten me to where I am now. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Before we get into all of that, I do just want to quickly say that if you're interested in learning about the law of attraction and manifestation and how you could apply that to your fitness goals in particular, that I have a 21-day online course um, that would be absolutely perfect for you. So it's completely self-paced. It's my 21-day mindset program. And the reason why it's 21 days is because three weeks is that sweet spot when we really start to formulate a new habit. So over the course of 21 days, you're going to have daily lessons. You're going to have journaling prompts for reflection for each of those daily lessons. There's over 200 affirmations in the course that you can use for powerful manifesting. I've also created three guided meditations, one that coincides with each weekly lesson, which are super powerful at really helping you kind of program your subconscious mind to get you to the level that you want to be at. Uh, you're going to have email support and you're also going to have lifetime access to the materials. So you can, you know, sign up for this course and always have the ability to look back on any of the material, any of the lessons, the affirmations, really just kind of, you know, all of the things that I've learned through my journey, I want to share with you guys and I want you to, to gain something from this. So, um, I'm offering you guys a special discount code. If you're interested, if you're listening to this, you will receive 10% off if you use the code philosophy10 at checkout. So again, philosophy10 is that discount code. I'm going to put a uh, little link on the screen and the discount code on the screen. And I'm also going to leave it in the description if you guys are listening over on Spotify or, uh, you know, Apple podcasts, whatever kind of streaming service. But yes, I did just want to kind of shamelessly plug myself there. Um, If you've been following me for a while, I launched this course last fall. And I decided to take it off the market and revamp it and kind of just add a little bit more to it from my understanding of what I've learned and, you know, redo the meditations and really just put more of my heart into it. So um, I'm really happy with how it came out and people are loving it so far already. So I would absolutely love for you guys to go ahead and check that out. And if you do, you're supporting the show, you're supporting this and you're supporting me. And I really wholeheartedly appreciate that. So without further ado, we're going to get into today's episode, which is answering your questions and a little bit about my fitness journey. All right. So I have a few questions here that I had pulled up on my phone that you guys had asked me over on Instagram. So I just picked like a few of them that really stood out to me. Um, and I'm going to go over them. I'm going to kind of, you know, share my insight. So the first one that I got is from Daniel and he asks, 
How did removing alcohol change your perspective of other socially pushed products? Wow, that's a loaded question. And I think that that really kind of begs exploring the alcohol industry itself. And something that I have really firmly believed for a while, especially since I've eliminated alcohol from my journey and I've kind of examined my relationship with alcohol more closely, is that the industry as it's as itself, right, the industry as a whole is selling you a bunch of lies and a bunch of shit to get you to consume their product, which is essentially a toxin. Alcohol has no function in our body, right? It literally is a toxin, serves no purpose whatsoever. So that's the first red flag with alcohol. The second one is that these huge corporations are marketing it in a way to make you believe that you need it in order to relax, in order to unwind, to have fun, to be socially accepted. The biggest thing that comes to mind for me is mommy wine culture, which is something that I absolutely despise. You know, it's this notion that mothers need to have wine to de-stress from the from the pressures of parenthood or to somehow unload and to connect with the people around them. Tropicana got absolutely slammed for this last year. If you guys remember, they had some sort of ad where the mother was locking herself in the bathroom and drinking a mimosa to kind of run away from her children and her responsibility. And that is so toxic, you know, on so many levels. So I think that it's really made me kind of question a lot of different things in our life. You know, it's like, why do we do the things that we do? And I even encourage you to think about that now. If you are someone that drinks, you know, really take a step back and ask yourself, why am I doing this? Like if you were to strip away any part of socialization, anything external, why why do you do it, right? I think it's really something that comes down to a big place of self-awareness is like when we don't have these things in the equation anymore, we're really forced to confront ourselves in a way that maybe we never would have before. And for me, that was definitely what happened once I stopped drinking was because it really forced me to realize, you know, what kind of void was I filling with alcohol and what was I feeling like I needed it for? And for me, the biggest thing that I felt like I needed it for was to fit in and to be able to socialize and to be accepted. And I'll tell you now, I'll be the first to admit that, you know, giving up drinking was not easy and it's still not easy socially. It is still uncomfortable at times, especially if you're surrounded by people that you don't know as well or don't know your story. And, you you know, there's always going to be that pressure to drink, right? I think that goes without saying. Like, there's always going to be those moments where you're out and about, you know, you're at a party, you're at a wedding, like whatever the case may be. And you're going to feel that pressure because it's just such an accepted societal norm for people, especially, you know, in their 20s to to drink, to have fun and to unwind and to like let that social aspect of their lives come in. And um And not having alcohol is a direct challenge to that. Like actively choosing not to drink is a direct challenge to this system of norms that have been upheld for so long. And this notion that that's what we need to relax and to have fun. And I think the biggest problem that I have is that these industries are forcing that narrative down our throats. I mean, I can't tell you guys, I watch videos on YouTube and I'm bombarded with ads for all these different alcohol companies and all of the various ways in which they're portraying and glorifying alcohol consumption and making it seem like it's something that's so fun and that's so relaxing and that's so uplifting and like puts you in a good mood. And I think it's really toxic. I think it's very damaging to not show the real side of what happens when people abuse alcohol and when People take it too far 
because that is the reality of it, right? Is that, yes, for some people, they can enjoy it and they can have fun, but for others, it's not healthy mentally, physically. You know, I honestly, for anyone, really, alcohol is not doing you any service or any benefit mentally, physically, emotionally at all. If anything, it's numbing you, it's cutting you off, and it's giving you a false sense of presence too. And um, I mean, obviously, if you've been around long enough, you know how I feel about alcohol. I don't think it serves any purpose. I'm very much against drinking in any size, shape, or form. And to even kind of take it to an esoteric and a spiritual level, you know, historically, people call it wine and spirits. And you say to yourself, oh, well, where does the term spirits come from? And there's a school of thought of people that actually believe that when you consume alcohol, you are energetically opening yourself up to more or less being possessed by certain entities that will take over your body and, uh, you know, kind of like a parasite almost suck the energy out of you. That's why sometimes when people get blackout, they don't remember what they did or they seem like they're a completely different person or like a switch flips. I know some people that say that, you know, these low vibrational spirits and entities will hang around bars and they'll wait for people that they can like cling on to. So that too, from just like a spiritual standpoint, um, I think is really, really interesting. I don't know if I necessarily believe that, but I do think that there could be something to it. And I absolutely know for certain that alcohol stands in the way of any kind of spiritual growth, you know, mental clarity, um, intuition building, your third eye. I've noticed since I stopped drinking that I've had such a deepened sense of um, intuition and um I don't even know how to explain it, like just this mental clarity, right? And this inner knowing that I felt like was so clouded before. And I want to go back to exactly what the wording of this question was. Um, How do removing alcohol change your perspective of other socially pushed products? Um, I'm trying to think of what else is like socially pushed. I mean, cigarettes, we all know are really bad for you. And actually, now that I bring that up, you know, it's kind of interesting. And I think that alcohol is the new cigarettes because I've been saying this for a long time. There's a lot of people that have been saying this for a long time. You know, alcohol is the new cigarettes. And why do we say that? Alcohol is following the same exact trajectory as cigarettes were back in the day. You know, when cigarettes first came out, they were viewed as something that was social, something that made you like high class, more acceptable. It was even viewed as healthy by some people to smoke cigarettes. And eventually the science proved us wrong, right? The science proved society wrong and said, hey, you know what? You should probably stop doing that. It's actually really bad for you. And it's funny now because I feel like alcohol is starting to kind of take that same trajectory, right? Of where we might have thought at first, oh, it's something that's fun. It's something to unwind. Even red wine is good for antioxidants, which is like a whole nother freaking rabbit hole of fake news. Um, But now, you know, the science is starting to come out. The research is coming out. People are speaking up. Alcohol is not good for you. It serves no purpose for your body. And I have so much hope for this generation and where we're moving forward to in the future that we are just going to slowly phase out alcohol because I think we're realizing as a society that it really doesn't serve a purpose and that we don't need it. You know, I think these industries have placed the subconscious sentiment in our minds that we need to have the alcohol to unwind, to be accepted, like I said, to have fun. But the more and more that we wake up to ourselves, the more we wake up to our truth, to our health, to standing in our health and embodying our health, the more that we realize that alcohol is really just a tool that's put in place to hold us back. It's a toxin that's meant to keep you sick, that's meant to keep you in a state of dis-ease. And the sooner we realize that, the sooner we stop supporting these huge corporations that are pushing that narrative down our throat, the more we're able to step back into our power. So 
I think it's really just made me realize that so many corporations and so many entities, if you will, will try to tell you what you need. We'll try to tell you what is going to fulfill you, what you need to de-stress, what you need to relax. And I urge you, if you're listening to this, to question that, to challenge it, because you don't need anyone else outside of you to tell you that. All right. You've got all the answers within you and it's up to you to explore yourself within. It's up to you to challenge that narrative and it's up to you to to stand up to these societal norms and really ask yourself, why are they even in place? Who started it? Why am I doing it? Why am I supporting that? Why am I putting my dollar towards that? And once you have that self-awareness, maybe you can say, "Okay, you know what? This is a bunch of crap. Like, I don't need this. I'm going to listen to my body and I'm going to listen to myself and I'm going to trust in myself and I'm going to do what feels right for me. So that is my piece on alcohol. I know that was kind of long winded, but um, once I get started talking about this kind of stuff, it's like it just takes me down a rabbit hole. And obviously, if you've been here for a while, you know that you know how much I'm you know, thinking about this stuff. Also, apologies if I sound like I'm out of breath. It's actually really hot in here. And sorry to any of my environmentally uh, aware friends. I am drinking out of single-use plastic. Oops. I just didn't feel like drinking out of my tap water today. So that's kind of the story there. I'm going to move into the next question here. So this is a question from Tommy, and he says, do you have a favorite slash least favorite part about working out? So... Favorite slash least favorite part of working out. Well, I think that my favorite part of working out is, I don't want to say the workout itself because I I do love working out. Like I genuinely really enjoy it. I think my favorite part is really getting lost in the moment, right? I, I think there's something that happens when you're running, really happens when you're running, when you kind of reach this plane of super self-awareness where you drown out anything else but the present moment and you're so focused on what you're doing and you're so embodied in the present moment and it's so fulfilling when you like reach that place and I think that working out is one of the best ways to do that you know when you're really challenging yourself when you're lifting heavy or you're focusing on controlling a movement right you're focusing on keeping your core tight your knees over your toes like whatever or like your ankles whatever the case may be That full bodied presence, I think, is my favorite part of a workout because for a long time, I used to view working out as just like an escape of everything else that was around me. I used to view it as just like, oh, I'm just going to pretend I'm anywhere but here. Like I'm running on this treadmill. I'm just going to take my mind to a different place, pretend I'm on an island, sitting in the sun or whatever. And my mindset has totally changed now where it's like, I want to be so hyper-focused on everything that I'm feeling. I want to be so hyper-focused on how I feel my breath coming into my body. Can I breathe through my nose and out of my mouth? Can I focus on how my core is feeling? Can I focus on my form? Can I connect with what every single part of my body is feeling in this moment? And that's such a deep sense of presence. And I think anything that brings us really, really into the present moment is something that's so fulfilling and so powerful. And it's one of the best ways that we can raise our vibration, too, because all we ever have is now. Right. So it's like whatever you're doing that can fully embody you into this moment is probably something that's really good for you. And I saw this quote on Instagram the other day. It was like, do more things that make you forget to check your phone. And I feel like working out for me is one of those things where it's like, I'm not even worried about anything else that's going on. I'm just totally laser focused in the zone. So yeah, that's probably, that's probably my favorite part about working out. 
Least favorite part, I'm going to be completely honest with you guys, is stretching. And I know that I'm probably going to get like a little bit of backlash for this. It's something that's so good for you. And I'm always telling people to stretch. Take your time to stretch. It's so, so important. And I know how important it is. And for me, I know that if I don't do it like right after my workout, it's not going to get done. Like if I am at the gym and I leave without stretching, it's it's not going to happen. So for me, my biggest struggle is taking the time to stretch and to really just let myself, you know, take care of my body in that way. Because if you don't stretch, you're going to feel it. And I always get in this cycle of like, I should have stretched after that, but I just didn't make the time for it. So, you know, it's, it's, um, I think it goes in part with like my hustle mentality of like, I find it very hard to take rest days as well. So like taking the time to stretch, I'm always just wanting to be in go mode, um, is, is a little bit more challenging for me. And it's not that I don't like stretching itself. It's just that I, um, I find it like hard to make the time for it. So I kind of wish that I was better with that, but, uh, yeah, that's the story there. One more question here. This is from Andres. So he asks, what do you think of keto? And I personally have never done keto. Um, I've researched it. I think it's interesting. I do think that it's an interesting process of putting your body in a state of ketosis and using different forms of fuel to burn calories in your body. Do I think it's great for everyone? No, I think that everybody and every body is different, which is why I really don't feel like nutrition is something that's one size fits all. I've said that many times before and I'll say it again. You know, it's really just up to you. Like some some people really thrive on a vegan diet and they're crushing it and their body is very much adaptive to that. They're more like carb adaptive or fat adaptive. And then you got other people on the other side that are really thriving on carnivore. And actually, I have a guest coming on in the next few weeks, a little spoiler, guys, who's uh, she follows a complete carnivore diet. So I'm going to be picking her brain about that. So definitely stay tuned if you're interested in hearing about that, because I feel like carnivore and keto kind of have some areas where they overlap. Obviously, keto is not entirely animal based, but um, I think it's an interesting approach. I don't think it's necessary for all of us to go to that extreme. I think for some of us, it feels great. But in my opinion, from, you know, my standpoint and understanding, is if you're starting out with with dieting, with nutrition, really just focus on eliminating the processed foods and coming back to whole foods with ingredients lists that you can read. The less processed it is, the less removed it is from its natural state, the better. I think that's a really easy, you know, general guideline to follow is to really just bring it back to the basics and then kind of figure it out from there because you know, keto, like I said, could be great for some, could be terrible for others. And the only way you'll know that is kind of just figuring it out either by working with someone who can help you with your goals, aka me. I am a nutrition coach. So if you guys do want to work with me, I'll leave some links in the description where you can sign up. Um, Plug in myself there because why not? But yeah, find someone who's educated on this stuff that can work with you and figure out what your specific needs are. Um, I know for me personally, just from like a taste and a satiety standpoint, I'm not a carb fiend. But I feel like I'd have a hard time adjusting to, what is it? It's um, it's a really low level of carbs a day. I kind of want to look it up. Let's see. What is the carb percentage for keto? It's pretty low. Ooh, wow. This is low. Okay. 5 to 10% of your calories from carbs. 
So that's quite low. Um, and I'm quite active as well. So I don't know if I would enjoy that. <laughs> um, but I mean, maybe I would try it. I would, I would definitely give it a try. I'm open to giving these things a try. And I think the other thing too is like, if you're wanting to try this, know that there's probably going to be an adjustment period for your body where you might have like, not like a detox process, but it, it will take your body a little while to adjust to the changes that are being made, especially if you're going into this drastic reduction of carbohydrates. Carbs are actually really essential for a lot of functions in the body and brain function as well. So like I said, I don't think keto would be ideal for everybody. But again, it's totally kind of, you know, personal preference. So that's the story with that keto, yeah, I would try it. It's not really high on my list, but I am really interested to learn more about it. And I'm interested to learn about all different kinds of diets and why people follow them the way that they do. So that's why I'm going to have somebody uh, come on to talk about carnivores. So yeah, now we're going to switch gears into a little bit about my fitness journey. All right. So now I'm going to switch gears into just a little bit of a background about my fitness journey. So God, I don't even know where to start. Um, I guess I'll start with like my early life. When I was a kid, when I was in middle school, I was the least athletic person like ever. <laughs> um, I was the last kid to finish running the, running the mile in gym class. I couldn't play sports to save myself. I was so unathletic. I could barely run. I think I remember trying to do the mile test and I think I could maybe run like a quarter mile and then I had to like walk the rest of it. Um, so I was really unathletic growing up. You know, we didn't play sports growing up in my house as kids and my parents weren't really into sports or anything like that. So it just wasn't really a part of my culture kind of growing up. Um, and I actually even remember like this is so sad, but I remember being in like seventh and eighth grade and thinking that I was like overweight and I was already experimenting with crash diets at like such a young age. I think I was maybe 12 or 13 when I first started looking up like crash diets online um, which is actually so sad to think about. And it kind of breaks my heart because I know there's probably like other girls out there that did that at my age or are doing that now. And that's a societal pressure thing, which is a whole nother tangent. Um, but I remember experimenting with crash diets. So like flash forward to high school, like early high school, um, we had to play sports at my high school. I went to a private school, so it was like a part of our curriculum. And um, I was on thirds volleyball, which if you're not familiar, it was like varsity, JV, and then thirds. Like thirds was like, you suck, like you're bad. Um, so that's what I was on. It was literally a, like a requirement. That's why I did it. Um, and I did swimming as well. And I also did track. I actually was kind of okay at swimming. I think I had made it to the varsity team like my junior year or something, um, volleyball, honestly, I didn't really care about. Um, and you know, all throughout high school, I really like, I still struggled with my body image at that time. I was just very insecure at that time. Um, it was really hard for me. Like, and I just, I didn't even know like the right thing to do. I was too afraid to ch try to work out on my own. I also had terrible acne, like really, really, really horrible acne all over my face. And that just kind of was a huge blow to my self-esteem as well. So um, high school was really hard for me. I was unathletic, even though I was forced to play sports. I was kind of okay at swimming, didn't really care about taking sports into any other area of my life. Um, and then my senior year, I found the Insanity workouts. If you guys have seen those like TV infomercials for them, I found those. And um, yeah, that was like, 
those were really intense. And I did those while I was doing the three-day military diet, which only lets you eat like 1,100 calories a day or something crazy like that. And um, yeah, I was putting myself in such a severe deficit. And I remember being so hungry from that that it would force me to like binge later on. So I would do that insanity workout and then I would be so hungry come the end of the day because I like would literally starve myself during the day that I would eat like a whole loaf of bread with butter like that. That was really honestly what happened. And I've like never told anyone that before because it's kind of embarrassing. But um, yeah, I just I really lacked so much knowledge back then and I didn't have anyone guiding me. Um, and I really I really wasn't telling anyone what I was doing either. Like I was just kind of, you know, I would do it on my own. And I thought that I was doing the right thing. I thought that I was doing what was meant, you know, to be done. Um, but it was really just like so unhealthy. All right. Sorry about that. My camera had just cut out, but yeah, it was, uh, really unhealthy what I was doing. So that was like high school into college. And then once college rolled around, my nutrition kind of just went out the window because I was overwhelmed with all the options that I had in my dining hall at my school, I had like, I was eating pizza and fries and cookies. And it's like, when you get that first taste of freedom and you're on your own, you're just like, woo, like, let's go. I'm able to eat whatever I want. And, um, I was drinking obviously really heavily on top of all of that. So really I was not like in great health. I would say for my college years, I was just like eating like crap and not really focusing on nutrition at all. And also I was only doing cardio. So I would like do an hour on the elliptical or I would run a bunch and then not lift any weights at all. And I like wondered why I wasn't seeing results. And then add on top of that, like I was eating, you know, nachos and fries and pizza at like three o'clock in the morning and then like rolling into bed and waking up feeling like gross the next day. Um, and like, why am I not, you know, losing weight? Um, it's like, girl, look at what you're doing. Uh, yeah. So like college, I really wasn't focusing on strength training at all. Also because I was really anxious in the gym. I was too afraid to kind of like try anything else. Um, so that was like, yeah, it was not, not really the best. And then once I got out of college, I still was drinking quite a bit. I was actually my heaviest when I graduated school. Um, I was really just did not feel comfortable in my own skin. My diet was really crappy. Um, I was drinking a lot, like I said. And then, you know, flash forward a little bit, I started working out at Orange Theory. And I would say that's when I like really first um, kind of fell in love with working out and lifting. And I started to really see a difference with lifting and strength training. And then from there, I you know, I quit my job. I got my personal training certification. I worked at Orange Theory for a while. And then I really started to kind of see the importance of strength training in a weight loss routine and a fitness routine. And, you know, finding that balance between the two. And I started seeing more results, more results. And then, you know, at the end of 2019, when I stopped drinking, that was when everything really changed for me because that was when I was able to take all of my workouts to a completely new level that I never even thought was possible. So I was able to lift heavier, run faster. I had more endurance. I had more mental clarity. I felt comfortable in my own skin finally. And that was like the biggest catalyst for me reaching the entire next level of my fitness was having alcohol out of the equation. It was such a powerful switch and I kind of wish that I had realized it sooner. And it was just a lot of mental epiph epiphanies too, like, you know, understanding the importance of also resting and, and taking care of myself and taking care of my mind and how my mind and my body are connected. And then 
that year was when I started this podcast too, it was 2020. You know, it was when I was really kind of having these realizations all at once that kind of um, led me to where I am now. So yeah, alcohol really honestly taking that out was probably the biggest thing that helped me improve my fitness journey. So I just want anyone that's listening to this to know that like, if you're someone that's unathletic, if you're someone that has no idea what you're doing or you've come from a really unathletic background, anyone can do it, all right? There's nothing special about me. I just made the mental choice to to step into my power and to step into my health and to do the things necessary to claim my power back. And anyone can do that, right? It, it all comes down to you making a new choice about who you are and to rewrite your story. So yeah, like I said, it really just comes down to making a new choice about who you are and having the courage to rewrite your story. Because for so long, I was someone that viewed myself as unworthy, as not capable, as not athletic. And I like really took on that identity. I was like, I'm not a runner. I'm not someone that lives. I'm not this kind of person. And I think we forget how much power we have in the way that we identify ourselves, right? It's like the story that you tell yourself about yourself kind of, you know, is is what makes or breaks you. And once I started just stepping into the identity of someone who loved working out, of someone who was into fitness, that was into health, that enjoyed it, I started telling myself, like, this is fun. Even if I didn't feel it at first, I was like, this is fun. This is good for me. I'm going to enjoy it. And honestly, as my journey went on, as I sort of had my spiritual awakening, I started to really enjoy it more and more. And I can honestly tell you now that I know that this might sound kind of crazy to some of you, but working out is my favorite part of my day. Like I love pushing myself. I love the feeling of taking myself to a whole nother level. And I'm honestly the most confident when I'm drenched in sweat, like looking like I just came out of a pool because I know that I just crushed a workout. Like that's the best feeling in the world. And I didn't get there overnight. You know, like I said, I was not someone that was comfortable working out at first. It took me a very long time to be confident and comfortable enough in my own skin to be ready to challenge myself. And so if you're listening to this, you know, my advice would be to just have faith in yourself and also be very mindful of what you tell yourself you can or can't do, what you, who you tell yourself you are or aren't. Like you, once you make that choice to rewrite that, it's like so much can change for you. And I think that was the missing piece for me was just realizing how much my mindset could affect what I could do physically. And my understanding of the mind-body connection is what has led me to where I am now. It's what led me to start this podcast. It's what led me to, to doing things that I never thought I would do, even to this day. Like I still do workouts that challenge me. I'm still afraid sometimes when I go to the gym and I don't know how to do something. That anxiety is still there, but I have enough faith in myself now to know to trust the process and to trust in what I'm capable of and to embrace that unknown and to embrace that discomfort because I know that that's what's forcing me to grow and that's what's forcing me to enter the next level of myself that I didn't even really know I I could have had. Like if you told me you know, in high school that I would be doing what I'm doing now, I would think you were crazy. Like I never in a million bajillion years, I'm telling you, I never would have pictured myself going down this path, like at all. Doing a fitness and mindset podcast, like teaching at Cycle Bar, like, oh my God, I never would have thought that that's where I am now, but it is. And um, and I'm trusting my process. And so I encourage you to trust your process too. It doesn't matter where you've started. It doesn't matter who you were yesterday, who you were in the past. You have the full power to rewrite your story at any point, especially when it comes to your fitness journey. You know, leave the past in the past. 
the the future is unknown and what you focus on is the present moment and you have that choice to change with every new moment that comes your way. You've got a choice to rewrite your story. So I certainly hope you guys enjoyed listening to this episode. Um, I'm really, you know, I'm really happy with where this podcast is going and I'm really excited to be bringing some more guests on for you guys as well. And as always, if you've made it this far, I'm sure we've got a connection. You've been vibing with what I'm saying. So if you could hit that subscribe button on YouTube, that would mean the absolute world to me, the like button as well. And if you're listening over on Apple Podcasts, subscribe to the show. That way you don't miss out on any future episodes. Also, feel free to leave me a review. It really helps me out in terms of the algorithm, getting some more eyes and ears onto the podcast. But I love you guys so much. Thank you for tuning in. I am wishing you so much health, wealth, success, happiness, abundance, and love. And I will see you next time. Bye.